Yeah, I'm Jim Nolan. I'm a private investigator working for my dad's firm in Boston. Perhaps you've heard of dad, Abbott Nolan. A lot of his cases were written up in PI Magazine. He and Gladys, that's my mother, have been running this office since I was in high school. Now dad is missing. He hasn't returned from investigating the Laurel case up in Maine. I've come back to work with mom until he returns. He will return. Misfits Audio presents... I will find him. It's only a matter of time. Jim Nolan, Private Eye. Episode 3 is entitled, The Case of the Day-Old Bread. In the series' last episode, Jim and Gladys received a brief handwritten note from Albert, who has been missing for three months. The note read, I'm okay. I'll be back as soon as I can tie all this up with a nice bow. If I can. Be well. Love, Albert. Jim has brought the note to police headquarters, seeking the help of family friend, Lieutenant Walter Carmichael. The note was waiting for you at Ted's diner? Uh-huh. Ted found it in his mailbox. It just says Nolan on the envelope? It was never mailed? No stamp? I know, but it's proof that Dad is alive, and that's enough for me. This letter is definitely in his handwriting. Yes, Mom recognized it right away. How about the envelope? What do you mean? It doesn't look like the same hand. You see, look at the capital letters on the note. They're all printed. That's how Dad writes. Block letters, not penmanship. But the N in Nolan on the envelope is cursive. Palmer method handwriting. You know a lot about penmanship, Lieutenant. I went to Catholic school. The nuns were sticklers on handwriting. It's a good thing Sister Alice isn't around anymore to see what my penmanship is degraded to. Did Gladys think this was Al's writing on the envelope, too? She didn't say. Come to think of it, I don't think she even saw the envelope. Ted handed it to me, and I opened it. I passed Mom the letter after I read it. Could you show her the envelope and ask her? Sure thing. I hate to. No, no. It's ridiculous. What is? Nothing. No, it was something. What? The writing on the envelope looks almost, well, feminine. Are you trying to say that my dad was... No, Jim. I've known Al for years. He's absolutely devoted to Gladys. Then what are you saying? I'm merely suggesting that there might be a woman involved in his disappearance. But why would this mystery woman, if she exists, allow Dad to send a note to Mom and me and address the envelope herself, if that's what she did? I don't know. But I plan on finding out. I've told you before and I'll tell you again. I'm gonna find your father. Or I will. One of us will. Can I keep the letter for a while? I'd like the boys in the lab to check it for prints or any other clues. Sure. You'll find Mom's and my prints on it. We never expected that it might be evidence in the Laurel case when we handled it. No sweat. (sighs) Al told me a little about the Laurel case before he headed up to Maine. He said that it was a favor for a friend and no big deal. He thought it would take a few days to straighten out. Tops. That's what he told us. I'm afraid the trail's gone pretty cold by now. I know. I've been up there a couple of times myself. You're a good friend. Dad picked him well. Who knows? Maybe this letter will yield a clue that will bring some summer sunshine to that cold trail. I walked out of the police station and headed to the adjacent packing lot. I paid the attendant what I owed him and walked toward my car. 
That's when I saw the old lady being mugged. She was pulling one of those two-wheeled cats behind her, and it was packed with bags of groceries. Some big guy with a crown of white hair, of wearing a t-shirt and dark pants and boasting forearms approximately the size of New Jersey, was holding the lady down with one arm and dumping the bags out of the cat and onto the ground. The old lady was putting up a good fight, but she was no match for a king-size assailant. I ran to the lady's side and, with a lot of effort, managed to pull the big guy's arm off her. In retrospect, that probably wasn't too smart, because the next thing I knew, that well-muscled arm with the anchor tattoo on the bicep turned into a fist that made contact with my head. I dropped to the ground beside the old lady amid the scattered bags of potato chips and frozen vegetables. I remember seeing the big guy running off before my world went black. What's the old saying about no good deed ever goes unpunished? What could a criminal possibly want amid the groceries of a senior citizen? In trying to be a good Samaritan, Jim Nolan has become involved in The Case of the Day-Old Bread. Jim. Jim. Lieutenant? Yeah. Someone ran over to the station to report the attack. Easy now, boy. Get up slowly. You took quite a wallop. Oh, thanks for reminding me. Whoa. Lieutenant? What? Can you please order the packing lot to stop spinning? (laughs) Sure thing. You're going to have quite the shiner in the morning. (laughs) Surprised. The guy was as big as a house. So Mrs. McCormick said. Who? Edna McCormick. That's me. Um, sorry, ma'am. We were never formally introduced before that guy sent me to La La Land. Lieutenant Carmichael tells me your name is Jim Nolan. It is. That was a very kind thing you did in coming to my aid, Mr. Nolan. Most people wouldn't have wanted to get involved. Thank you. You're welcome. Did that bruiser hurt you? Maybe a few scrapes, but I'm all right. I'm afraid you got the worst of it. Better me than you. Could you describe your assailant, Mrs. McCormick? I'm afraid not. He came at me from behind. I never really got a good look at him. I was just trying to get him off of me. Understandable. How about you, Jim? How how about me what? Could you describe the guy? Oh, yes, sorry. I'm still a little, uh, a little dazed. I'm not surprised. He, he was a big guy. Tall and wide. How tall? How wide? I can't rightfully say. I only got a decent look at him for a few seconds while he was kneeling down over Mrs. McCormick. I never saw him standing. He had to weigh around 250 pounds. He was built like a brick wall. Solid. Are you taking this down, Sergeant? Yes, sir. Every word. He had a thin crown of white hair on his head. He was wearing a t-shirt and some dark pants. Anything else? One more thing. His arm that I pulled off of Mrs. McCormick... Thank you for that. It was beginning to hurt. You're welcome. That arm, I I guess it was his right arm, had an anchor tattoo on the bicep. That's about all I remember. That's a good start. More than I expected. Do you have any idea why someone would do such a thing to you, Mrs. McCormick? No. I was doing my weekly food shopping over at the Purity Market... I live a few blocks down on Dunwell Street. Do you always cross through this parking lot? Once a week, since my Frank passed on in 1970. Rest his soul. It's not a crime, is it? Not at all. You've done nothing wrong. 
Thank God for that. Taking a shortcut is a lot easier on these old legs of mine. I never learned to drive. Frank would take me anywhere I needed or wanted to go. <sighs> Now that I'm alone, I pull the cart back and forth to the market once a week. It's harder in the winter, of course. Why do you think she was attacked, Lieutenant? The obvious answer would be that her assailant was hungry and wanted the food. I don't think so. He dumped the bags out of my cart and was rummaging through them as though he were looking for something. Can you remember what you bought? Oh, yes. I make a very precise list, and I stick to it. When you're on a fixed income, you have to. Let's take a look around and see if anything is missing. Sergeant, a few canned goods rolled away under that car. Please get them and bring them here. Yes, sir. Let me see. No, it's not there. Where did I put that? I'm not sure. Where are my eggs? Here they are. Oh, dear. I bet they're all cracked. No, they all look okay. Here's a can of goods, sir. Thank you, Sergeant. Let's see. Beans, peas, corn, frozen orange juice, no... Everything seems to be here. <laughs> I guess that rules out hunger. Wait a minute. My bread. My loaf of bread is missing. Look around, guys. I never forget my bread. It's part of my breakfast. Tea and butter toast every morning. Would this be it? That's it. Oh. Now why would he do that? The bag's torn open and all the slices are ripped apart. Why wouldn't he simply take it if he were hungry? Sergeant, could you please help Mrs. McCormick get her groceries back into her cart? Yes, Lieutenant. Thank you, young man. I'll have to go back to the market now and buy some more bread for breakfast. And I am so tired. Sergeant, drive the lady back to the market and buy her some new bread. Then take her home. Yes, sir. Would I get the kind of caraway seeds? <laughs> If that's what you'd like. Oh, goody. I always buy the cheap, day-old white bread. It will be nice to have something different for a change. It may be a little more expensive. That's no problem. Consider it a tax refund. Thank you. And thank you again, Mr. Nolan, for coming to my aid. You're welcome. I'm sorry about your eye. You'll want to get some ice on it as soon as possible. Or maybe a beefsteak. I will. And Mrs. McCormick? Yes? You may want to avoid taking your shortcut through this parking lot until we've apprehended that man. We'll let you know. I'll do that, Lieutenant. I certainly will. Hello, Mom. Where have you been? I was worried. Sorry. After you dropped me off here, I thought you'd only be gone for a little bit while you talked to Lieutenant Car... Jim, what happened to your eye? It's nothing. I'm okay. Nothing? It's every color of the rainbow. Some big guy outside the police station decided I'd make a good punching bag. What happened? I stopped him from beating up a little old lady. Why was he... No, tell me later. We need to get some ice on that. Don't bother. 
if you don't put ice on it, it will swell up and you won't be able to see out of it. Is that what you want? <sighs> no, Mom. I'll get the ice. It would be even better if we put steak on it. I'll run to the supermarket. It won't take but a minute. Can we not talk about the supermarket? Can you get that, dear? I'm busy getting the ice. No investigations. May I help you? Jim, dear. It's Trudy. Hiya, Trude. Nice to hear your voice. And yours. How's Florida? We're on our way home. But I thought you were staying until... We were. But Daddy's a little under the weather, though, so we're heading home. Nothing serious, I hope. Oh, no. I think he had one too many fast food hamburgers at Walt Disney World. He's not used to that kind of food. His palate is much more... Civilized. Tell him I hope he feels better. I will. What's new? You're not going to believe this, but we got a letter from Dad. Really? What did it say? That he's okay and is trying to tie up the Laurel case. I'm so glad to hear that. You and your mom must be very happy. We certainly are. Will I? Just a minute, honey. What? Okay. All right. Give me one minute. We've got to get back to the road, dear. Daddy's done at the rest stop, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. Look, call me when you get in so I know you're safe. I don't care what time it is. If you don't get me at home, try here. You're very sweet. I will. Coming, Daddy. Gotta run. Love you. Bye-bye. That was Trudy. She... Ow! It's only us. Give a guy some warning next time. <laughs> So tell me, what happened at the police station? Are you going to investigate the McCormick case? I haven't decided. Talk to Walter Carmichael about it. If you do start an investigation, you don't want to step on his toes. <laughs> Didn't Dad do that a couple of times? Only once. That's how he learned never to do it again. Jim, about your father. Yes? I've been thinking that we have to accept the idea that... that... Yes? Albert may be in trouble. What do you mean? I don't know anything definite, mind you. Just a hunch. Then why do you... It's only a feeling. Call it women's intuition... Your dad and I have been married for nearly 35 years. I know him. I know his ways. He wouldn't be gone from us and this office for as long as he has been if he were in control of the situation up in Maine. But he sent us the letter. Yes, but I still can't shake... Like I said, it's only a hunch. Speaking of the letter, Lieutenant Carmichael asked if he could keep it for a bit to check for any clues. That's the logical next step. He also asked me to show the envelope. I don't think he ever saw it. No, I didn't. Carmichael thought that maybe... That's not your father's handwriting. That's what we thought. It looks like a lady's penmanship. Does Walter think a woman's involved in Albert's disappearance? He mentioned the idea. He's not sure. I didn't want to mention the possibility because, well... Son, you don't have to try to protect my feelings. If there is a woman involved in the Laurel case, she's up to no good. She's not a new love interest for Albert. Come now. You'd better call the lieutenant and ask if it's okay for us to get involved in Edna McCormick's case. 
We don't want to step on his toes again. Thanks for seeing us, Mr. Wilbur. Well, you're very welcome. You said that Mrs. McCormick is all right. She is. That's good. She's been a customer for years. I'd hate for anything to have happened to her. Mr. Wilbur, the only item of Mrs. McCormick's shopping that was damaged was her bread. From Stackhouse Bakery. I'm not sure. She mentioned that it was day-old white bread. It must be from Stackhouse. Then. Follow me. The bread is a couple of miles over. Why do you think the bread is from Stackhouse Bakery? Stackhouse is a little local bakery over on Grove Street. The owner, Fred Stackhouse, sells me any bread that isn't bought at his bakery after the first day. I'm able to sell it at much cheaper than the national brands, and a lot of the local seniors buy it. Stackhouse has been in business for years. It's perfectly good bread. I'm sure it is. Here it is. That's the bread. I recognize the colors on the wrapper. You said that that bakery is over on Grove Street? Yes, their address is on the back of the wrapper. So it is. Take the look with you for the address. Oh, we couldn't do that. Oh, please do. It doesn't even cost a dollar. Thank you, Mr. Wilbur. You've been very helpful. If we at Purity Market can be of any further assistance, you'll let me know. Bakery. My name is Connie. May I help you? Everything looks and smells so good. Thank you. Could we have a moment to look around? Certainly. Let me know when you're ready. Look, they have half-moon cookies. They certainly do. And they're the ones with the white cake. God, I used to love those as a kid. Don't I know it. You've got your father's sweet tooth. Mom? Yes? Look at these pictures by the door. My, a lot of famous people have visited here. There's the mayor, the governor. Do you see the big guy in all the pictures? Yes. He must be the proprietor. He's also the guy that gave me this shiner. Look at this last picture. The one of him alone behind the counter. You can see the anchor tattoo on his right bicep. That you can. We'll need to talk to him. But how? Follow my lead. Do you need some more time? We were just admiring the pictures on the wall. Yes, a lot of people come here. When he can, Mr. Stackhouse gets a picture for his wall of fame. Is Mr. Stackhouse in today? I'm afraid not. He usually takes Wednesdays off. Is there something I can help you with? My name is Nolan. I'm with the Examiner. We're starting a series of stories on local businesses, and we'd like to feature this bakery. That sounds wonderful. I'm sure Mr. Stackhouse will be flattered. Could you answer some questions for us? I'm sorry, but I can't. I'm new here, and I don't know much about the business yet. I'm sure Mr. Stackhouse will be thrilled to speak with you tomorrow, though. We open at 7. I'd recommend the raspberry danish. They'll be fresh out of the oven then. Delicious! Are you thinking what I'm thinking? There was something special about that bread. Or maybe just one loaf of it. That would explain why Stackhouse went after Edna McCormick. He thought she had the loaf. 
Lieutenant Carmichael. Lieutenant? Jim Nolan. Jim, I'm glad you called. Mom and I have been doing some snooping. We know who the big guy is. He was looking for something in the bread. Funny you should call now. A Mrs. Madigan just bought a very unusual loaf of day-old Stackhouse Bakery white bread that she bought at the purity market down to the station. What was inside it wasn't a Cracker Jack prize. What was in the bread? Dope, Jim. The interior of the loaf had been hollowed out and replaced with a big bag of dope. Neat trick, huh? What would the street value of this stuff be? More than you and I will make honestly this year. We've had our suspicions that someone local was working for a drug ring from the Big Apple. Now we know who. Who would suspect a bakery? Some friends of mine from the NYPD and I have been working on breaking up this ring. Lately, we've really been turning up the heat. I'll bet the big boys panicked and told Stackhouse to hide the stuff until things cooled down. So he hid the dope in a loaf of bread, and it was accidentally brought to the market. Where Mrs. Madigan found it and brought it to you, Walter. Exactly. Now we know who the Boston connection to the New York drug ring is, Fred Stackhouse. I'll get my people on this right away. We'll make our move tomorrow morning around 9, after the bakery's morning rush is over. How do we stop him? Do you have a gun, Jim? Sure, it's in the trunk. Get it out of the trunk. You may need it. Assuming you want to be in on this. (laughs) I wouldn't miss it for the world. morning, gentlemen. What can I do for you? You must be Mr. Stackhouse. Fred Stackhouse, at your service. My friends and I are going to a business meeting down the street. We thought we'd bring along some pastries. That's always a good idea. What would you recommend? Well, I made these donuts a little while ago, and I have some cinnamon rolls ready to come out of the oven in about five minutes. I hear you make some... special bread. I'm not sure what you mean. Maybe this... We'll refresh your memory. Uh Get out from behind the counter, Stackhouse. I'm Lieutenant Carmichael of the police. You're under arrest for dope trafficking. Now stand up. If I have to, I can shoot you through the display case, but I'd hate to scatter broken glass all over those nice donuts. All right. I don't know what you're talking about, Lieutenant. Sure you don't. Cuff him and read him his rights, boys. I'll meet you down at the station. Yes, Lieutenant. And be sure to flip the sign that closed on your way out. I really don't know what you're talking about, Lieutenant. Really, I don't. Do you deny hiding illegal drugs at your bakery? Drugs? Of course I deny it. We found dope in one of the loaves of bread from the Purity Market. In one of my loaves of bread? Yes, sir. It had your bakery's name and address right on the label. But that's impossible. I would never do... We have the evidence, Stackhouse. Who are you hiding the stuff for? Nobody. I've been too busy with everything else that needs doing around this bakery to even make the bread in weeks. Pete has been making all the... Oh, no. 
Who is Pete? Pete Lawson, my assistant. He's been working with me for about three months. Are you accusing him of stashing the dope in the bread? I don't know. He's not the kind of guy that would do that. But he has been making bread for the past few weeks. I suppose it's possible. Where were you yesterday around two? At the bakery. Why? You weren't outside this police station assaulting an elderly woman? Me? Why on earth would I do that? We have witnesses who described you pretty well. Right down to your anchor tattoo. My anchor? Lieutenant, I was at the bakery then. I could get you any number of witnesses you want. Customers. Unless... What? I I hate to rat on a friend, but... But what? It could have been Pete who assaulted the old lady. He has been on edge a bit lately. He said it was trouble at home. Our description matches you. Pete looks a lot like me, the poor guy. We served in the Navy together. Many people have mistaken us for brothers. He has an anchor tattoo on his right arm, too. We got him at the same parlor the same night, years ago. Okay, Stackhouse. I'm holding you here, but I'm going to have my people bring Pete Larson in for questioning. it, Mom. It was Larson all along, not Stackhouse. It was an honest mistake, Jim. You saw Larson down at the station. He and Stackhouse could be twins. But when I think what could have happened... It didn't happen. That's the important thing. (sighs) Don't let it bother you, son. Everybody makes mistakes. Why, Albert made some mistakes early on as well. He did? I never heard about that. That's because we don't publicize it. How would that look on our side? Nolan Investigations... Most crime solved? You have a point. (laughs) At least I'm in good company. The best. And in the end, you did help expose the drug ring. I hadn't thought about it that way. So Larson attacked Mrs. McCormick because he thought the loaf of bread she had was the one? It looks that way. Then why did he bring the hollowed-out loaf to the market in the first place? He didn't. Stackhouse did. He had no way of knowing there was anything special about it. But with all the loaves on the shelves... What made Larson think that loaf was it? Who knows? Maybe he didn't want to let even one get away. He must have been pretty scared of what would happen to him if he didn't find the dope. From what I've heard, those dealers can be a rough crowd. He probably wasn't thinking too clearly. Probably not. Carmichael expects that he and his New York pals should have the dope ring broken up shortly. At least the bakery won't close down. I'd hate for that to happen. (laughs) That's your dad's sweet tooth again. You should have let me come along, Jim, when the police arrested Stackhouse. I didn't want you in harm's way. And do you think I wanted you in harm's way? But Stackhouse... We didn't know he was innocent at that time. Point taken. (laughs) I'm surprised you listened to me. (laughs) Old habits. You have no idea how many nights I've sat up and able to sleep because Albert was away on some potentially dangerous case. I don't want to worry about you now, too. I'm getting too old for it. But if I'm going to fill in for Dad until he comes back, I may be in some danger sometimes. You have to accept that. Oh, I accept it. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. Our special thanks to the voices of Russell Gold as Jim Nolan, Joyce Bender as Gladys Nolan, Katie Daynert as the narrator, Tracy Hall as Trudy Williams, 
Brian Bedard as Lieutenant Walter Carmichael. And a special thanks to the talented voices of Christina Boyd as Edna McCormick, Glenn Hallstrom as Mr. Wilbur, April Sadowski as Connie, and Murray Retred as Fred Stackhouse, the officer, and the police sergeant. Jim Nolan, Private Eye, was created by Mike Murphy and Arlene Osborne. The Case of the Day-Old Bread was written by Mike Murphy. Music for the series was composed and performed by Vivian Dosco. Please hear more of her wonderful music at myspace.com slash Vivian Dosco. That's V-I-V-I-A-N-D-O-S-K-O-W. Producer, Captain John Tadrzak. Assistant producer, Mike Murphy. Mixer, James Smagata. Editor, Arlene Osborne. Webmaster, April Sadowski. We would also like to thank Captain John Tadrzak of Misfits Audio for airing this show. Mike Murphy, the author of this story, gratefully acknowledges the continued help of Arlene Osborne in the betterment of his scripts. This production is for enjoyment purposes only, and I'm your narrator, Katie Daynard. This is an original production by Misfits Audio, copyright 2009.